0: Hey, once again, we are in our study, World Religions, Cults and the Alcohol. I don't know about you guys, but I see a brand new number. So you know what that means? New title. That's right. We got a new title. And in case you can't read this, we got this. It's Voodoo, Vampires, and the Rise of Demon Worship. Hey, that's exactly what we're going to talk about, as uh, eclectic as that might sound. And this is the basic issue that we're going to start with tonight. Okay, the core issue, wait a second, v- voodoo, vampires, and that's all over Hollywood, and things are dressing like vampires, people like vampires, even Christians, like, oh, the Twilight movie is a great movie, movie made me cry. What? Okay, and then uh, voodoo, vampire, and demon wo- demon worship. What do you mean? It's a- what? That's why we're going to take it from the top, right? We're going to deal tonight with just the basic issue, the existence, okay, of demons. Wait a second. Is that just an eclectic title just to... Uh, get people excited or freak them out with this voodoo vampires and demon worship? Are, are, are demons really real? I mean, is that is that a reality? I mean, do people really worship them and interact with them? And are people really possessed? Yeah, all over the place, okay? But the problem is people even in the church not only do not believe in a literal Satan, and what was the number again? 65%. 65% do not believe in a literal devil, Right, And that was shocking enough. And then you wonder why not only witchcraft is on the rise, even Satanism, our last study. The devil worship is on the rise. Satanism is on the rise because people, even in the church, don't want to believe in it. But, but it's the same thing, folks, when it comes to demons. It's the same thing. They don't want to believe in a literal devil, but they don't even believe in demons either. It's a figment of your imagination is basically what they said. No, 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 it's just a, a symbol of evil. No, no, it's those preachers, once again, trying to scare you, and so they can rip you off of your cash, okay? When the whole time, if your eyes are open, and if your head's not in the sand, proof of demons and demonic activity, and dare I say even demonic possession, is everywhere, okay? And we're gonna deal with that tonight. And here's the reality, folks. It's bad enough you gotta deal with Satan, right? Anybody? Praise God, all one of you is waking up, right? It's bad enough you gotta work with Satan, right? But listen, the scripture is very clear. He does not work alone. And he doesn't just have three guys working with him, i.e. demons. He's got, and I'll use the word, he's got hordes of them. Hordes of demons, evil critters working with him, okay? Doing the evil deeds around the world, and dare I say, in the church, okay? But as always, don't take my word for it. Let's listen to God. So open your Bibles to Mark chapter 5. Let's just take a look at just one uh, of account are demons really real? Is that just a, you know, psychological aberration that somebody's experiencing? Uh, is that just poor mental health, you know, all that kind of stuff? Or is, or is it real? Is it, you know, and is it, is it really happening today, right? But let's take a look. Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 17, and of course, this is Jesus uh, dealing with this situation. And you tell me, just in this one passage, uh, does the Bible talk about real, live, actual critters called demons, Right? But here's what it says, uh, verse uh, 1, chapter 5 of the book of Mark. They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes, and when Jesus got out of the boat, a man with what? Evil or unclean spirit came from the tombs to meet him. And this man, he lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often, uh, it says there, he had often been chained hand and foot, but he, listen, tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. Supernatural strength, right? No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day, among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. Wait a second. Good thing we don't see anybody today cutting themselves. And I wonder who's inspiring that kind of behavior. Uh, yeah, it's demonic. Now, when they saw Jesus from a uh, when he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran. This is the guy. And he, he fell on his knees in front of him, and he shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want from me, Jesus, Son of God, the Most High? Uh, swear to God that you will, won't torture me. And for Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you evil spirit. And then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is what? Legion, he replied, for we are what? Many. And he begged Jesus again and again to send them out of the area. And a large herd of pigs was feeding in the nearby hillside, and, and, and the demons begged Jesus, Send us to the pigs, allow us to go into them. And he he gave them permission and the evil spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. And then those tending the pigs ran off and reported this to the town and countryside. And the people went out to see what had happened. And when they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been what? Possessed by the legion of demons sitting there dressed in his right what? Mind. Okay, and they were what? They were afraid, right? Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the what? Demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to, listen, plead with Jesus to what? Leave the region. You guys, what? Here's God in the flesh, the Messiah, and and here's somebody setting the captives free, and all you can care about is your livelihood rather than this guy's incredible deliverance that just happened. He's set free. Uh, I'm sure that doesn't happen today. Yeah, whatever. But according to our text, I think, I don't know about you guys, but how many guys would say that according to the Bible, and this is Jesus in the context here, Jesus speaking, Jesus dealing with them, Jesus rebuking them. I'm kind of thinking that uh, demons are a biblical concept. Uh, Demons are real. Evil spirits. whatever you want to call them, they do exist. And listen, they don't just float around, oh, get out of here like a gnat. They really do possess people and do harm to them, right? That's what we see if you read the Bible, which I highly recommend. In fact, they're not just mentioned, not just once here, folks, not twice, but listen, eight times in just this one passage alone, dealing from Jesus, three is evil spears, three is demons, and two is legion, or legion of demons. And by the way, for those of you hooked on uh, Roman military, a Roman legion back in the day was upwards of 5,000 or more men. That's how many were in this guy. So now you got not just demons and the possibility of, of them. They're, they're not just real, but possession, but you could have multiple possessions. This guy had upwards of 5,000 there. So basically there was 2,000 pigs, but those pigs, for those of you hooked on math, probably had more than one that went into them and then went off. That's a massive amount of demons. But this is the problem. Again, the Bible is very clear. Satan and demons are real. How many guys can figure that out without any help tonight? Okay, but what's the problem today? I, I, I get it when the world denies this because they don't want to believe in this, right? But the church today is denied. They're not just denying that Satan doesn't exist, they're denying that his evil cohorts, which by the way, who put that thought in your head, that Satan and demons don't exist, Sugar, right? But they they don't want to believe in that either, okay? In fact, what the problem is, not only the church, the church is either not studying the Bible, or, and we've we've dealt with this so many times, I'm telling you, it's gone way beyond just the issues. It used to be, churches don't teach on prophecy. And of course, the atrocity of that is, if you're gonna be a faithful shepherd, and a true Bible-believing church, then you got to teach what? The whole counsel of God, right? Uh, and, but they're not. And so nearly one-third of the Bible deals directly or indirectly with prophecy. I'm not saying you got to preach and teach on it every week, okay? Uh, and believe it or not, we do talk on other things besides Bible prophecy. But you got to hit it sometime because that's one-third of the Bible. It used to be just that. Now it's all kinds of stuff. You don't talk about sin. You don't talk about wrath. You don't talk about hell. You don't talk about the occult. Well, what's left? And as I joked before, about all that's left is the table of weights and measures. And let me tell you how to build a high self-esteem. That's what you're down to. We're not teaching the Bible, right? So that's bad enough. And that's why I think a lot of people just discount because listen, never in their life have they ever heard a teaching on demons. And so they come across some video somebody's somebody that's actually teaching it or some resource. Oh, you guys are one of those wackos. Well, you guys are those crazy Christians. No, we're biblical Christians. And God tells us this in advance for our own good, right? But that's bad enough, okay? Now you have the media and the secular system that's out there downplaying it. You know, they don't want to believe in it. They don't want you to believe in it. And who do you think's running that? And who do you think's putting that in people's heads? It's spiritual warfare. I'll guarantee you as to what it is. Or what they say, oh, no, 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 no. That wasn't a demon. That's not a cold behavior there's, there's always a natural explanation for it, right? And they just drill it into our head so we don't even go down this route, right? It's kind of like these commercials, watch this. What's happening? It's happening? In the modern okay. world, you can control just about anything with an app. Your son is turning on all the lights again. And with the eSurance mobile app, you can do the same thing with your car insurance like access your ID card, file a claim, or manage your policy. It's so easy, it's almost scary. Let's get out of here! you guys are freaking out man but you don't understand i had this experience it's just some kid playing on his phone messing with the lights man or a short circuit whatever no it's just a vacuum cleaner come on that's not a real demons aren't real that's the mentality that's now crept in the church over and over again our world the church refuses to teach on it and then our world mocks it and you wonder why uh frankly, not only the world, but the church is getting whooped up on by, guess who? Demonic activity uh, and behavior, okay? So again, uh, we're going to take a look at some proof that, once again, we're dealing with what? The existence of demons. Why? Because this is a pretty audacious statement. Demon worship? People can worship demons, right? And again, you're going to see that that's the heart of a lot of the occult behavior that we're going to be dealing with. Certainly, voodoo, wow, what a topic that's going to be if we're still alive and still here. But anyway, so the first source, obviously, is what? you want to understand biblically something, then where do you go? The Bible. That's right, John. Praise God you intern, You, I tell you what. And uh, Deacon, not to mention all your titles, but we don't have time to mention them all. You're so cool. But that's right. The Bible, right? Hello. That's our ultimate source of rule for faith and practice, right? Not the Reader's Digest, not social media, the Bible. So let's deal with the biblical proof. Now, of course, I showed the picture of the pigs, right? Because we just read that from the Bible. That's right. You two biblical scholars in the audience, Bi- the biblical proof, right? But I'm telling you, folks, that's the tip of the iceberg. Mark chapter 5 is just one, one of many, many, uh, oh, hey, give me an excuse to use this word, porky loss, porky loss, many uh, Bible passages dealing with demons. They're all over the place. And dare I say, not just an isolated text. Well, you can't really talk too much about that because it's only that one passage in the Bible. It's all over the place. Old Testament, New Testament, demons, demons, demons. Evil cohorts of Satan are all over the place. Let me give you just some of that proof tonight uh, very quickly. Deuteronomy 32, they sacrificed to what? Demons, which are not God, gods they had not known, gods that recently appeared, gods your fathers did not fear. So obviously, as the scripture uh, 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 says, that uh, basically behind every idol is a what? Demon, every false path, every false god, basically, who's, who's behind it all? Demons is what the scripture talks about. Okay, false paths, false worship, all that stuff. Psalm 106. They sacrificed their sons and daughters to what? Demons. Remember the uh, false god idol Molech. Remember we talked about that before. And and they it was hollow inside this giant Molech beast and has arms out and they heat it up and it would be piping hot red and then they they throw their babies alive in that. So who do you think was behind that lie? John chapter eight. Satan's a liar. He's the father of lies. He's what? a murder, and he's been one from the beginning. They work with Satan's demons lie, and they want ultimately people to die, including suicide. I'm convinced where do you think that thought came from? It's certainly the spirit of God, right? Because these people want you to die, even commit self-murder before you can cry out to Jesus Christ because you're going to join them in the lake of fire. It isn't just Satan that's doing this. It's his evil cohorts doing this, okay? But that's demonic, okay? Leviticus 17 uh, they shall no longer sacrifice their sacrifices to the what? Goat demons with which they play the harlot. Isaiah 13, 21. But the desert beasts will lie down there, and their houses will be full of howling creatures. Their owls will dwell. The what? Goat demons will dance there. Second Chronicles 11. Jeroboam appointed his own priest for the high places, the goat demons and the golden calves he had made as well. Now let's go to the New Testament. Matthew 4. News about him spread all over Syria, and the people brought him uh, to him. All who were ill, of course, Jesus, with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, those with a psychological aberration, a figment of your imagination, those who just have some sort of mental stress going on, who can't cope with life. I'm sorry, demon-possessed, those having seizures and the paralyzed, and he, praise God, Jesus healed him. Uh, Matthew 8, and when evening came, many who were what? demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with the word and healed all the sick. Matthew 8, again later, when he arrived at the other side, Jesus, of course, in the region of the Gadarenes, two demon-possessed men coming from the tombs met him. They were so violent that no one could pass that way. Matthew 9, the next chapter, while they were going out, a what? A man who was demon-possessed and could not talk was brought to Jesus. I got time here just a little quick, and was one day I was greeking out and looking at these accounts with uh, Jesus and uh, 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 casting out demons. And I don't know if it's the Mark 9 passage or whatever, but he's, he's on the lake. And so it, once you get into the Greek, it's, just, it's a very, very uh, graphic uh, scene that's going on here uh, because there was, a, there was a continuance in the verbs that were going on there. And so basically, in a nutshell, it wasn't just that uh, as Jesus is walking along, and he's trying to teach, but the demons were interrupting the demons that were in the people there. And so Jesus is teaching, and then they, the demons would, and he cast them out, and they would shriek, you know, and then he's teaching, and he cast them out, and whatever. And it was just continuous. So you imagine you're trying to teach, and then basically, oh, yeah, demons would shriek, right? And he's moving on. And, he's, and it's just, can, can you imagine a day like that? Right? And it's just very, very graphic in the, in the Greek, right? Uh, but, but that's what was going on there. Matthew 12, then they brought him a demon possessed man. who was blind and mute. Jesus healed him so he could both talk and see. Matthew 15, a Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering terribly from a what? Demon possession. Uh, Matthew 17, Jesus rebuked the what? Demon, and it came out of the boy, and he was healed from that moment. Mark chapter 1, that evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick, and the who? Demon possessed. Mark 7, the woman was a Greek born in Syrian Phoenicia. She begged Jesus to drive the what? the demon out of her daughter. Luke 4, in the synagogue, there was a man possessed by what? A demon, an evil spirit, and he cried at the top of his voice, what do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Isn't it funny that the demons know flat out, admit who Jesus is, and yet the church doesn't even want to believe in demons in whom it's... And I'm telling you, where do you think that thought came from? Okay, right? And what did Jesus say? Be quiet, Jesus said, starting to come out of him. And the demon threw the man down before them all and came out without injuring him. Luke chapter eight, when Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. For a long time, this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but lived in the tombs. For Jesus had commanded the evil spirit to come out of the man. Many times it had seized him, and though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and had been driven by the demon into solitary places. Luke chapter 8, those who had seen it told the people how the demon-possessed man had been cured. Luke chapter 9, even while the boy was coming, the demon threw him to the ground in a convulsion, but Jesus rebuked the evil spirit, healed the boy, and gave him back to his father. Luke chapter 11, Jesus was driving out a demon that was mute, and when the demon left, the man who had been mute spoke, and the crowd was amazed, literally blown out of their minds. Because again, before Jesus showed up on the scene, they're stuck. And all of a sudden, he's going out there teaching, and the other pastors say, and they were blown away because he was teaching with great authority on his own authority because he's God in the flesh. Back in the day when the, uh, at the synagogue when they would teach, they would always refer to somebody else. Well, so-and-so said something, you're like always just quoting commentary. Here comes Jesus, and he's speaking with authority. But he's just speaking authority, the truth, because he's God himself walking around. But he has the authority as God to rebuke these things and not... Whoa, they're blown away, literally uh, in the Greek there. John chapter 7, you're, and watch this. Then they had the audacity to accuse Jesus of what? Being demon-possessed. Now, I need to stop right there because uh, a lot of people, I, this is one of the most abused passages in Scripture. They say, uh, well, you committed the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Huh? You, you disagreed with Solomon, so that's the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. You know, they, they make it up. The blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is what we just read in this passage, okay, right here. The people, in the context there of the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, the people accused Jesus of doing his miracles under the power of Satan. And Jesus said that is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit because he's doing it by the power of what? The Spirit. That's why it's a blasphemy to the Spirit because you're saying it's being done by the power of Satan, not the power of the Spirit of God. That's it. That's it. It's divine. divine. Now, number one, if you're going to commit that sin, then you have to be in the presence of Jesus physically, like they were at that time, and you have to see him do some miracles, and then you have to accuse him of doing it in the power of Satan, right? So could you and I technically today commit the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit as defined by the Bible? No, why? Because Jesus is not here physically doing miracles for us to do that sin, right? So, number one. Number two, I will throw this out there. Maybe, not saying thus saith the Lord, when Jesus does come back and sets up the millennial kingdom, not us, because we're not going to have a sin nature, not us, but the people with the natural bodies in the millennial kingdom when Jesus is physically ruling and reigning on the planet, if he chooses to do miracles, and if those people accuse him of doing it, then you can commit it then, but you can't do it today. I have to bring that up because, oh, that's the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. You went bowling. That's the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, right? You told me that I uh, should Have you been there? Have you heard that? It's like everybody makes it up as you go. There's only, it's, you accuse Jesus to his face of doing miracles by the power of Satan. Read the Bible, right? But then they, here's my point. They have the audacity. He's doing it by the Spirit of God, and he's even casting out demons. And then what do they say to him? You're demon-possessed wow. And, 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 and the crowd answered, who's trying to kill you, right? And it goes on, John chapter 8, the Jews answered him, aren't we right in saying that you, they're speaking to Jesus, are a Samaritan, basically calling him a half-breed, and demon-possessed? And Jesus said, I'm not demon-possessed by a demon, Jesus said, but I honor my father, and you dishonor me, right? John chapter 8. And this, the Jews exclaimed, now we know you're a demon-possessed, okay? In John chapter 10, many of them said, he is demon-possessed and raving mad. Why, why listen to him? But others said, hello, right? These are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon, right? Can a demon open the eyes of the blind, right? Acts chapter 19, some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were what? Demon possessed. And they would say, in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches, and what does that tell you? They don't have a relationship with Jesus, do they? It's just like a secret uh, open abracadabra, you know, secret code word, you know, good luck charm, right? I command you to come out now, these were being, it's been done by these guys, the seven sons of Sceva, Jewish priests, were doing this. Now, one day the evil spirit answered them, uh, watch this. Jesus I know, and Paul I know about, but who are you? Now, if you ever encounter demonic uh, spiritual warfare, okay, you don't want to hear that from a demon, because that means you ain't saved, right? Uh, because guess what? When you're saved, just like they knew who Jesus was, they know every single Christian. They know who you are. And dare I say, when you're really living for Jesus, they know who you are, right? I remember one guy. He said when he got saved, and a brand spanking new Christian. And, and uh, uh, he had said, uh, uh, he, they said, "Hey, w- would you like to uh, would you like to pray for us for the church?" It was for a uh, church Bible study. And The guy said, "Okay, he's brand spanking new Christian." And uh, he said, "You know, uh, you know, basically, God, I thank you for saving me and everything. And I want the demons to know my name." And at first, everybody's like. Last time we let a brand new Christian pray, what are you talking about? <laughs> and he went on to explain he had just read here in Acts that the, the you know, what did they say? They said, What? Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. But who are you? I want the demons to know my name. Right? Anyway, so let's move on. Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on all of them, overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating that they ran out the house naked and bleeding. Right? 1 Corinthians chapter 10, they sacrifice pagans. The sacrifice of pagans are offered to who? To demons, not to God. And that's why, again, behind every idol is a demon. And I do not want you to be participants with what? Demons, Paul says. Listen, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of the demons too. You cannot have a part in both the Lord's table and the table of demons. Pretty clear, right? But how many in the church are flirting with stuff like this? How many people in the church? I read to you before the statistics. In one statistic that came out, the church was one professing Christians... Were 1% higher than the non-Christian in seeking a medium for wisdom that week. What? You can't do that. Right? Uh, 1 Timothy 4, 1. Here's what's gonna happen in the future. The Spirit clearly says that in latter times some will abandon the faith and follow what? Deceiving spirits, things taught by what? Demons. We'll get into that, Lord willing more next time. James chapter 2, you believe there's one God? Good. <laughs> Even the what? Figment of your imagination believes that. Oh, I'm sorry. The demons believe in what? Shudder. They know about God. Revelation 9, the rest of mankind, this is in the seven-year tribulation. This is why one of the reasons why it's so horrible. Watch the status of mankind. The rest of mankind that were not killed by these plagues still did not repent of the work of their hands, and they did not stop what? Worshiping demons. That sounds like a title somewhere. Yeah, it's called biblical. We can actually, this is not just going on, and we're going to explain it. We're going to trace the trail, of how it's happening, and dare I say, even in the church, unfortunately, just like witchcraft and Satanism. But the Bible says you can expect it in the last days. It's going to happen. And it's happening, which means we're living in the last days. Revelation 16, for the spirit, they are spirits of what? Demons performing signs which go out to the kings of the whole world to gather them together for the war of the great day of God Almighty. It's demon spirits that are going to go out and dupe the world at the end of the seven-year tribulation to try to take on God at the Battle of Armageddon. That's a losing cause. Revelation 18, 2, And he cried out with a mighty voice, saying, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She has become a dwelling place of what? Demons and a prison of every unclean spirit and a prison of every unclean and hateful bird. By the way, uh, Babylon... Uh, Mystery Babylon, the one-world religion harlot, who do you think's behind, who do you think's the spirit behind this idea, can't we all just get along and just, you know, we all just, all paths lead to heaven, which, remember, went from 25% to 52% to now 70% in the church, that there's more than one way. Who do you think's behind that? Who do you think's behind the Pope and the Vatican corralling all religions under one umbrella to bring peace to the planet? It's unclean, it's demons, It's demonic. And it's going to culminate in the seven-year tribulation, okay? Now, uh, I don't know about you, but again, outside of Mark chapter 5, I'm thinking there's just a few passages dealing with literal demons. Anybody else? Demons, demon possessions, and again, that's just 30 of them, okay? And again, that's not all of them. But the Bible specifically says, Jesus, listen, came to set the captives free. And in the context of that statement, folks, listen, pay attention. Jesus came to set the captives free. Do you understand the context of what that's used? The context is what we just saw. The setting the captives free, it's setting people captive from a poor economic situation. He's setting you free from that. No, he's setting you free from a low self-esteem. He will build you up high. He will, the context of Jesus coming to set the captives free, he's talking about demon possession. Again, totally taken out of context, even promoted as a false gospel. Rather, it was to deal compassionately by setting people free from demonic possession, and that's why he's casting them out. He's setting the captives free, which, again, was prophesied that that's what the Messiah would do when he appeared on the scene, and, of course, that's what he was doing. Okay, so here's my point. How in the world could you sit there and say that you're a Christian and literally not just deny Satan, that's bad enough, but now you're going to deny demons? It's all over the Bible. What are you talking about? What Bible are you reading? You're not, is the issue. If you're at all, you're cherry-picking it dancing around it. You're living in this little dream world full of cushion. Uh, the, the cross is full of padding. And you're tiptoeing through life, trying to arrive at death. sake. Come on, man. And, and, and again, who do you think is put in your mind? I don't want to hear that. If God wrote it in His Word, then don't you think it's for a good reason? So what spirit do you think is put in your head... No, 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 don't look at that. No, 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 don't teach on that. No, no, don't study that. Or then go to the extreme and start persecuting those who say, hey, I'd like to read the whole Bible. What a concept. I'd like to hear all the Bible. What? A, what a neat... You wacko. You're one of those extremist, fundamentalist Christians. Who do you think's putting that thought in the person's head? It's demonic. That's the irony of this stuff, folks. I'm convinced of that. Okay? So again, just like Satan you cannot deny the existence of demons without, listen, denying the teachings of the Bible. And here's the problem. If I can't take these passages literally, because that's what the, oh, that was just back then. And really what these people were, you know, that's the language that the Bible used, but it's archaic. It's not like today. We're much more intellectual and scientific. And and we've had at least a good hundred years of, of wonderful teachers like uh, Young and Freud, who were atheists and cocaine addicts and nicotine addicts and who were involved in the occult and who got their teachings from demons. And we, we need to listen to them. They told us that that's, a, that, that's just, you know, that's mythology. It, it, people, t- that, it, what they really needed back then, they just needed medication. That's all they... And people eat it up because they don't want to deal with this reality. But that's not true. If I can't take these passages literally talking about not just satan but now demons old testament new testament then why should i take anything else literally and if i'm going to modernize so-called scriptural passages dealing with this then why not modernize the rest of it which is what people do they modernize john 14 6 which is what jesus is the way the truth the life nobody comes to the father but by him you know how they modernize it I got this on tape, and this is man. This is from back in the uh, uh, URI United Religions Initiative, and the guy was on there professing to be a Christian. And I got the interview. I get it on my tape. It's in my office. And the interviewer, I'll never forget. I'm going, ooh, I got to record this because he he popped the obvious question. So you say that all religions are basically the same, and we all need to corral ourselves together, and you call yourself a Christian. And this is just some secular guy on the radio. He says, but. How do you get around the statement when Jesus said he's the only way? John 14, 6. So I'm going, ooh, yeah. That's the, that's the question, right? This guy did the most brilliant New Age song and dance. Well, see, what I really think Jesus really meant, he's modernizing it, spiritualizing it, whatever you want to call it. What he really meant was he is the, the way, you know, like for the, how humanity is supposed to be, you know, and, and the life that we all need to live together. And his example, and his example was, was love love and tolerance right and and, and the truth and the, the truth about how we're all just one as the human species and we need to come together is bleh. but you can see the people who don't know their bible and certainly non-christians going yeah yeah that's what it is so even passages where you think you can't get around this demons can inspire people to twist that baby and make it sound good because that's what they do they're liars right but again Uh, demons are real. And so then let's move on to the next question. Obviously, demons exist. We saw that in the Bible, but where do they come from, right? Okay. And why are they here? And what are they up to? Anybody else wonder that? I do. Apparently, you guys don't. We'll go along for the ride because I'm going to answer that question, right? So let's understand. And so if we're going to get a proper knowledge, we know that demons are real if you read the Bible. And the Bible's what Governs our rule of faith and practice, spiritual issues, truth, right? So if we're gonna now move forward about the identity of demons, the origin of demons, then what do you think we should stick to? Exactly the Bible. Now, this is the big problem. We'll get to this in a second. I'm gonna give you the biblical definition, and then you're gonna see people today, even in the church that does deal with these things, they're off in la la land because they're not in the Bible, right? But let's take a look at where the demons come from according to the Bible. We know they're real, but where they come from? Well, first of all, they're fallen angels. Angels, okay, by the way, uh, the Hebrew equivalent for angel is malak, and it simply means messenger. So when it appears in the Old Testament, it's malak, it means messenger. The Greek New Testament equivalent is angelos. uh, uh, It's not angelos. That's the Southern Greek. Uh, It's angelos, for those of you hooked on proper Greek, Uh, And it also means messenger. So angels, in the beginning, when God created the angels, right, uh, they were all messengers of God. But something happened, and we'll get to that. One of the angels went rogue and took some with him. Rhymes with Satan and the demons, right? Now, right now today, we have, biblically, two categories of angels, okay? You got the first, if you will, the good guys. Those with the biblical terms are called holy, unfallen, or elect, Referring to the ones that stuck with God, and, and are angels of God, messengers of God. First Timothy five twenty one. I charge you in the sight of God and in Christ Jesus and the what, the elect angels, the ones that did not rebel, they're still with God. So that's the, that one category. The other category is those that went with Satan. They're called unholy, fallen, or these are the demons, right? And this is because one of the angels went rogue, and that his name is Satan. Satan was an angel. He's a fallen angel. Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28 tells us about his fall, okay? And this is the one from Isaiah. Watch this, Isaiah 14. How you have fallen from heaven, O morning star, son of the dawn. You have been cast down to the earth, you who once laid low the nations. You said in your heart, watch this, I will ascend to the heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned throne on the mount of assembly on the utmost heights of the sacred mountain. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. How many of you guys would say Satan's got an eye problem? Well, uh, that's exactly it. Oh, by the way, five times in that passage describing the fall of Satan, it's called the five I wills of Lucifer. I'll say it again. What is the number one celebrated promoted virtue in society today that's even now crept into the church? I. That's what caused the fall of Satan, all right? And this is that, but you were brought down to the grave to the depths of the pit. Now, uh, he wasn't the only one. He snookered one-third of the angels, and we see that, uh, who went with him, and of course they became unfallen like Satan, or classified as demons. Revelation chapter 12, Revelation 12, 4, his tale, his, defined by the text clearly, Revelation 12, Satan, there's no argument about that, Tail swept a what? Third of the stars, angels, out of the sky and flung them to the earth, right? So where are they now? So that's where they came from. That's how we end up with two categories, good and the bad, okay, well, where are they now? Well, you got those that are bound or confined is the first category, okay? Then you got those that are active and the ones we still got to deal with today, right? Now, the ones are bound, some of them are bound permanently in a place called Tartarus, and this is what we see in Second Peter 2 or Jude chapter 6, okay? Second Peter 2, for if God did not spare the who? Angels, when they sinned, so that would mean they're what? Not a holy angel of God, a fallen angel a demon, but sent them to hell, literally in the Greek, Tartarus, putting them into gloomy dungeons to be held for what? Judgment, Jude chapter 6. And the angels, who did not keep their positions of authority, but abandoned their own home, okay, these he has kept in darkness, bound with everlasting change for judgment on the great day, right? Until they get chucked into the lake of fire. And then if you read the next verse, which we'll see in a little bit, uh, it says that just like Sodom and Gomorrah, these angels, fallen angels, went after strange flesh. I'm convinced a lot of biblical scholars is what they're talking about, why these are permanently bound. These were the fallen angels' demons that did the co-mingling with the daughters of men that created the offspring called the Nephilim that was part of the judgment as to why God wiped out the planet, save Noah and his family. And those that did it, oh, you're done. You're permanently, you're just waiting your day for the lake of fire, right? So that's that category. Now, there's another category that they're confined right now in the abusas, the abyss or the pit, but it's temporary because they're let out as an act of judgment of God on the people in the seven-year tribulation. We see this in Revelation 9, right? When he opened the abyss or abusas, the smoke rose from it like the smoke from a gigantic furnace, and out of the smoke, locusts. That's, That's Apache helicopters. That's what that is. No, it's not. Okay, came out down upon the earth, and they had tails and stings like scorpions, and in their tails they had power to torment people for five months. And the four what? Angels who had been kept ready for this very hour and day and month and year were released to kill a third of mankind. That's in the trumpet judgment. Remember in the previous judgments, uh, the first ones, the seals, one-fourth of mankind gets taken out. Now another third gets taken out. You don't want to be there. Then, of course, so that's the ones that are bound to confine. Some of them are permanent ain't ever getting out until they get chucked in the lake of fire. Some of them are still in there, but they're going to be released as an act of judgment temporarily. Then you got the ones that are still loose today. And that's what Paul says. These are the ones we got to deal with. Ephesians chapter 6, for our struggle is not against what? Flesh and blood, but against what? It's not always natural. Sometimes it's spiritual. But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, freak out and get afraid because you're on your own. Oh, I'm sorry, wrong translation. Uh, just do what God says to do. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when, not if, the day of evil comes, even if you experience spiritual warfare, you may be able to what? Stand your ground. You don't have to be afraid. And we'll get to that more. And then I have to add this. The Bible tells us, praise God, there's going to come a day when we're never going to have to deal with spiritual warfare ever again. Anybody excited about that? And the Bible tells us the future of Satan and his cohorts, the fallen angels, the demons, One day, you're going to the lake of fire. Matthew 25, 41. Then he will say to those on his uh, left, depart from me, you who are cursed into the what? Eternal fire prepared for who? The devil and his what? Angels right there, the devil, right? His cohorts, angels, the fallen angels, they're headed for the lake of fire. They lost, they know their gig is up, they know where they're going, right? And they're duping people to see how many they can take with them there. Oh, by the way, by the way, originally, you see that hell was created for who? the devil, and angels, but people want to rebel like Satan and the demons and even spurn God's ability to get away from that reality for free, then God will honor your decision and to hell you will go with Satan and the devils. Even though it wasn't originally created for humans, but you want to rebel like Satan, even though you, all you had to do is say yes to Jesus to get out, you made your choice, Right? Now, let's get into who demons are not. This is very important because there's a lot of confusion. That's what the Bible says they are, but who are they not? Well, first of all, they're not dead people. Right? I mean, angels, you know, of course, they think of it, you know, the good angels. We're talking about the bad angels, the fallen angels. People say, angels are, are, are I mean, didn't, didn't you watch that Christmas show with Jimmy Stewart? Every time a, 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 a person dies, and you hear the bell. And we all know that angels are these little fat chubby babies flying in heaven. And, and see, when my loved one died, they turned into an angel. They're looking after me. No, they're not. That is so unbiblical. It's not even funny. And that's the so-called holy angel thing. And again, that's induced by Hollywood and false teaching. But now we're talking about the bad guys. Well, some people say, oh, that's, that's, uh, that's people who unearth that. They're really bad, really wicked. That's where the demons are. No, that's not. Okay. They're not the spirits of dead people who were really wicked. Okay. The Bible is very clear Uh, because that when people die, you go to one of two places. You go either to heaven or you go to hell, and when you get there, you ain't coming back. Now, if you're saved, praise God, you go straight to heaven. That's what we see in the Bible, which I highly recommend reading. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.8, absent from the body, Christian is to be what? Bang! Instantaneously, praise God, to be with the Lord. Where's the Lord Jesus right now? At the right hand of the Father in heaven, right? So if you die right now, you're going straight into heaven as a Christian. And for those who are unsaved, you go straight into hell, Right? Luke 16, Jesus speaking, the rich man also died and bang, he wasn't just buried, he what? There he was in hell where he was partying with his buddies because that's all hell is. No, he was in torment. You don't want to mess with that. So both places are a place of no return, right? The Bible's very clear about that. A couple of different passages. Job, how do you get around this one? Seven, as a cloud vanishes and is gone, so he who goes down to the grave does what? He does not return. He will how often? Never Come to his house again. His place will know him no more. Luke 16. And besides all this, Jesus speaking between us and you is a great chasm that's been fixed so that those who uh, want to go from here to there cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us, right? So those in heaven remain in heaven. Those in hell remain in hell. Until the end of the millennial kingdom, those in hell will be brought up from hell to face God at the great white throne judgment. Revelation 20 verse 12, and I saw the dead, people in hell that's been stacking up all this time, great and small, standing before the throne, and books uh, were open. And then the Bible says they get cast into the lake of fire. Their name was not found in the book, singular, the book of life, because obviously they didn't trust Christ. That's why they're in hell. Books were open that recorded their works. Okay, let's see if you earned your way to heaven. You can't. And then they went basically into from the frying pan into the fire. Revelation 20, verse 14, then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. You thought it was bad in hell. You ain't seen nothing yet. Now you're into the lake of fire. It's very, very unfortunate. Also, if one does see a spirit entity claiming to be a deceased loved one or some historical figure, it was Abraham Lincoln appeared before me with this really rocking beard, man. And he was telling me, oh, what I'm supposed to do for America. That ain't Abraham Lincoln. Hello. No, it was Aunt Vera. Aunt Vera came and cried alligator tears, and she told me I was supposed to do this with my life. That ain't Aunt Vera. Okay? It's an actual demon impersonating that person who is in heaven or hell. Right? In fact, the Bible calls them specifically a name. They're called familiar spirits. Those who would seek to deceive people and lead them away from God as appearing as a former dead person. Leviticus 19 warns about these guys. Do not turn to spirits of the what? dead and do not inquire of the what familiar spirits to be defiled by them I am the lord your God all right now demons are also not a pre-adamic race of people there's people out there saying that that's where they come from okay some people would say that there's a whole race of people that existed prior to Adam and they're the ones that we should call the demons that's their so so demons are not wicked people that died and they're just they just they haven't reconciled, and they're just floating around in limbo and causing trouble. That's behind the poltergeist. No, you're in heaven or hell. Okay, that's a familiar spirit if there's that. But this belief that there's, they came from a pre-Adamic race, what? This arrived from another false teaching called the gap theory, right? The gap theory would have you and I believe that there's a gap between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2 where they say a whole race of people existed but perished millions of years ago. And that's why you find the remains of dinosaurs and things of that nature. That was during that time. No, they died during the flood, right? But then part of the reason why this whole gap theory came about, and this is even in the church, was based on, yes, exactly what's going on, was based on a false teaching called evolution, okay? And so they felt the pressure back then. They didn't have the benefit that was really took off in the 70s and 80s, especially moving forward with uh, creation science, Using science to show that evolution is not only not true, but we have not been here for millions and billions of years. These guys didn't know that, so they were. And I'm just trying to give them a little bit of a benefit of the doubt. I'm certainly not condoning, but they started uh, caving in the pressure. Well, these scientists are saying that, you know, because you know, prior to this, they said we've only been here about 6,000 years, which is what the Bible teaches. But we see that we've been here for a long time, so they started, well, we've got to figure out how to build long time into the Bible. But that's where all that came, to help explain the lie of evolution, uh, to somehow justify from the Scripture the insertion of millions and billions of years, even though the Bible says, no, it's about 6,000. First of all, evolution is a lie, and I don't need to defend it. Hello? And you shouldn't defend it. There's no scriptural support for this view. The Bible declares, and again, they say there was a pre adaptation between Genesis 1 and and Genesis 1-2, in that crack there, in that gap, there was a whole race of people that existed on the earth. And millions of them, they, they all died and whatever. And out of that came the demons. That's a lot to squeeze in that gap. But that's what they say, right? But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that Adam was the what? The first man. I didn't even say that. God did. First Corinthians fifteen forty-five. So it is written, the, the what? First man was these people who were squeezed in this little gap, this crack here. And they lived for millions of No, the first man was who? Adam. So you're contradicting the Bible. The first man, you can't get any more plain than that, was Adam, not somebody else prior, millions, of, right? And, and then the Bible's very clear, there was also no death before Adam, right? Remember, what's the premise? Pre-Adamic race, they got all destroyed, which would involve death. So then now you got death before Adam. Well, that's not what the Bible says. Death started with Adam when he sinned. In the Garden of Eden, Romans 5, quote the scripture. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and this way death came to all men, death reigned from the time of this, this tiny gap and there's millions of years squeezed in here and these whole people, oh, I'm sorry, wrong translation. From the time of who? Adam. That's when it started. So again, I think it's sad because these people, I, I guess they felt the pressure of evolution. Scientists are saying millions and millions of years. Well, we better try to squeeze it in the Bible. You, you don't do that. I don't care what man says, God's word is always true, always stick with it, even though they mock and scoff at it, I don't care how many degrees they have and all this stuff, and we believe this, and you guys are wrong, they're wrong, and they will always be found wrong 100% of the time. You do the research, you do your math, you look at true science, it's always going to agree with the Bible, always, right? So let's, let's move on. So there was no race of people prior to Adam, and so that's not the identity of demons. Now, here's another one, this one's getting popular today. Unfortunately, but again, it's outside the scripture. Demons are not not only not dead people who are wicked, and they're not part of a pre-Adamic race, but they're also not uh, a hybrid version of people, i.e., the spirits of the Nephilim. Okay, let's let's walk with that. Someone say that the demons are Nephilim mentioned in the Bible that arose from the mingling of the fallen angels and the daughters of men mentioned in Genesis chapter six. Genesis six, the Nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterward when the sons of God. The fallen angels went to the daughters of men and had children by them. They were the heroes of old, the men of renown. And they say the Nephilim created by this fallen angel human hybrid thing going on, they were destroyed by the flood and then their spirits became the demons that we're dealing with today. Really? That's not what the Bible says. This view like the previous two has no biblical evidence whatsoever. Unfortunately, here's where they're getting it from. It's called a a non-biblical book called the book of Enoch, right? The book of Enoch is an interesting book. I'll give you that. Uh, It's a historical book, but guess what? It is not an inspired book of the Bible. And it did not make the canon for good reason, right? And so guess what? You cannot base a biblical belief, including a biblical knowledge on demons, on something that's outside the Bible. But that's what they're doing and this book is not in the Bible. We were just talking before the study, right? Catholicism. Catholicism tries to promote and justify their false teaching of purgatory on a extra biblical book, a book outside the Bible uh, called the Maccabees. Well, and guess what? It doesn't make it right, and there's a reason why the first and second Maccabees didn't make it into the Bible, but that's what they do. They go outside the Bible with the extra biblical book to come up with it and justify purgatory, and other their false beliefs. They do that with other extra biblical books. They're called. So I would assume these same people here. You know, you would say, well, you don't believe in purgatory, and then you would call out the Catholics who try to justify it on a book outside the Bible. Then why are you doing the same thing? You're doing the same thing with the book of Enoch. Rather, many biblical scholars believe that the Nephilim were real, created by the fallen angels. They really did perish in the flood along with the wicked souls on earth, except for Noah and his family. Okay, and guess what? They went to hell. They're not demons. These things were real. Nephilim were real, but they died. And then I I would say this too. Really? So the Nephilim was part of the reason why it grieved the heart of God, why he says, that's it. I've had it. I'm going to wipe out the whole planet, except for Noah and the family. And it wasn't just because it says there the heart of man was wicked all the time, and God was grieved with that, but also you got this, hybridization going on with with fallen angels and daughters of men creating these Nephilim creatures. And God says, that's it. I'm hitting a restart on humanity. Okay. And so that was a part of that judgment. And you mean to tell me, so God would judge them, the Nephilim, wipe them out, and then say, "I go roam the earth. That don't make sense. Rather, that's where a lot of these people believe that these are the ones that we just saw in, in Peter and in Jude, they got confined for this. Right? They got confined for that behavior. 2 Peter 2.4. For if God did not spare the angels when they sinned, the Genesis 6 account, but sent them to hell, literally Tartars, putting them in gloomy dungeons to be held for judgment, Jude 6, and the angels who did not keep their position of authority but abandoned their home, the Genesis 6 account, these he kept in darkness, bound with everlasting chains for judgment on the great day. Listen, Jude 7 says, in the same way, like Sodom and Gomorrah, like what the angels did, and the cities around them that also got judged and wiped out by God, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire, okay? So this explains why these demons are not allowed to roam the earth today. Uh, Like the other ones on the chart, they're confined, okay? They went after strange flesh, uh, the ones that did that, and the Nephilim, the creation of that hybridization, they perished in the flood. That's it. It's over. They're not roaming the earth. So basically, long story short, stick with the Bible, Demons are fallen angels. Okay, it's just another title for the name of fallen angels, unclean spirits, evil spirits. It's all one and the same, and that's why most of them believe that these guys are not just real, but these are the evil cohorts that work with Satan, who rebelled against him, and that's what the scripture says. Makes sense. So I had to do that because a lot of people either flat out deny the existence of demons, or they come to a wrong conclusion of okay, where'd they really come from? Okay. So that's what we're going to deal with. Now, uh, the other aspect we're going to take a look at real quick is that's the biblical proof, right? You look around, if you don't have your head in the sand, I think it's pretty obvious to see that, you know what? Our planet is being messed with by demons. A lot of people say, well, wasn't it too bad for when 2,000 years ago, when Jesus was on the scene, that there was a lot of demon possession, but man, it's a good thing it doesn't happen today. No, it happens today. It's all over the place, especially in third world countries. They deal with it all the time. Right. And I'll explain what we do with it here in the West in just a little bit. But let me give you just one quick example. Yes, folks, unfortunately, just like we read the thirty verses, just like we read in Mark chapter five, there are still people today being possessed by demons. And praise God, in the name of Jesus Christ, they can be set free. Right? Let's take a look at this one. In Europe, I know that people don't believe that there are demons or evil spirits. Who are you? Are you ba? or oh, Asteroid, I want to know how oh, you are Leviathan. In the mighty name of Jesus, I command you to come out with your name. What is your name? Demo, I command you now. What is your name? What is your name? What is your name? Jesus. The people who are here are break any back on him you know the other way me about a little soon dear practices has its root in satanic kingdom not in the kingdom of god and everything that is of satan is evil Is demonic and we can't accept those things. I set you free, Jesus, from now. Have your liberty in Jesus' name. Set the captives free still to this day, just like Jesus did, just like Paul did in the book of Acts. Now, I don't know if you were paying attention to that video the guy said deliberately he took that girl and he was excited about going through this ritual that would get her possessed by not just a demon but by a cobra spirit. Did you see that? A snake spirit. And then that would give her the ability to make him money because she could become clairvoyant and supposedly tell people. Did you know Paul dealt with that? A snake spirit too, right? Read the Bible, Acts chapter 16, verse 16. Now it happened uh, of us, Paul says, going to the place of prayer. A certain girl, having met this, having a what? Spirit of what? Python, snake spirit. Met us, who was what? Bringing her master's much gain and fortune telling. The exact same thing, still going on to this day, but people say, nope, that's not real. That's just make believe you. Preachers are just trying to scare us and rip us off our cash. And you're one of those fundamentalist wackos. Right Now, part of the reason why, and we'll get in this, Lord willing, next time, for still alive and still here, part of the reason why it's not just the, a church refuses to teach on this, that people downplay this reality, uh, and it's not just the secular media, oh, it's just a fall in a vacuum cleaner, right? Uh, but but really, a lot of it comes from, and here's the irony, it comes from secular psychology. And they say, no, this is nothing spiritual, this is natural. These people just have a psychological aberration, Right? Uh, And and that's all it is. And of course, they just need to be treated with what? Medication. And again, as I shared before uh, from the pulpit, uh, in pastoring over 25 years now, I've been into many different psych wards uh, to visit people uh, upon request. And I'm not to get all hyper charismatic-y, but I'm telling you, I'm convinced 100%. Having been there, done that, wish I wouldn't have bought the t-shirt, been possessed myself before I was saved, I'm convinced that a lot of these people, and it's, it's sad, man, you could feel it, man. It isn't just, some, there's something spiritual going on and it ain't good in those rooms. And your heart breaks for these people. I'm not saying every single one of them, but I believe a lot of them are people who are actually, unfortunately, demon-possessed, and the only treatment they're getting is medication into an oblivion, and that doesn't set them free. And they're stuck in that state out of denial that it could very well be something spiritual and they need to be set free in the name of Jesus Christ. But this is coming from secular psychology. Now, again, the irony is we're going to see, Lord willing, next week, it's not a psychological aberration because, you know, and, and we don't even want to go down that spiritual route because we're just too sophisticated and intellectual today. Okay, the irony is the secular psychology group that's pushing this disbelief into people's mindset, even in the church, these guys were involved in demonic practices, communicating themselves with demons, which is where they got their teachings. And so no wonder they downplay the reality of actual demons. Do you get it? They also produce demonic drugs, oftentimes psychotropic drugs, that get people open to even be possessed by demons. That's the irony of that. And Lord, we'll probably get into that uh, next week. As well, but let me give you some examples. Even here in the West, I believe this happens a lot more. It's just people downplay it. Oh, that person just, you know, just had poor mental health. Maybe, maybe not. Especially with all the drug use going on nowadays. I think these people have become possessed in the true biblical sense of the word. And uh, but again, do you think the media is going to play that for you? No. Sometimes it gets caught on tape, though. Let me give you two examples real quick. Here in the West, I'm convinced it happens. I bet you this is going on all over Vegas. Uh, I bet you if we had enough time to talk to some people who worked in public services or Brian whatever, uh, probably could see some man, got some stories of people being demon-possessed. Ken, oh, Ken Michael, coming here in a couple weeks, Lord willing. Ooh, you talked to him off the side. He was a cop for many years. Uh, he had all kinds of encounters with people that he's convinced were flat-out demon-possessed with supernatural strength man that took tons of cops to bring him down, right? And uh, so he can do uh, that. But here's just a couple examples. One man, one woman. I believe this is still going on today, even though people don't want to deal with it. But let's take a look. All right. On forever, dude, oh you, my, okay? okay? dude, dude, you okay? dude, come on, right yeah, dude, oh my, <laughs> dude, fail, yeah, oh my. You no, know, don't don't even go to the gym. That was just a vacuum cleaner. That's all it was. No, no so there's a, the guys in the cell, they're just goofing with their their cell phone, man, making the people freak out. And what? Listen, that's just poor mental health. That's all that is. And we just need to drug them into oblivion. That's that's what that's what they need. No, I just somebody even today sent me a video. I didn't have time to put it into my mix, but it was a lady who was caught, I guess this week, uh, on the border for sex trafficking. And man, that lady is possessed. Folks, this happens all the time. Demons, demon possession is all over the place, even here in America. Yet many of us have been wrongly trained and brainwashed by secular psychology, the secular media, God-hating, God-rejecting teachings to turn a blind eye. And you know what's sad about that? The captives are not being set free. That's the good news in all this. These people could be set free 100% of the time in the name of Jesus Christ, and they can never be possessed again if they would receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And that's what I want to end on: uh, is this aspect. Now that you're sufficiently freaked out, what's the good news? As a Christian, here's the good news. The Bible says, I don't need to be afraid of this stuff, even though it's real. We got to deal with it. But I don't, just like I don't need to be afraid of Satan, I'm not out there going looking for him, but even if he were to actually appear, I'm, praise God, by the authority of Jesus Christ, we can deal with it. But same thing with his evil cohorts, okay? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. God has not given me a spirit of fear. Where does fear come from? Not God. That's what the enemy wants you to do. So they should be consumed with him. He's going to this and demons that. They're going to get me. That's not from God. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. We'll get into the mind Lord willing next time because that's where they always enter, right? And uh, so, but guess what? Not only that, they can, they're real. They can mess with me. I don't need to be afraid of it. They can mess with me externally. I can be externally oppressed. They can mess with me. I don't need to be afraid. I just got to get equipped biblically, understand how to deal with it and move on. Have a great day, Right. But here's the really good news as a Christian, praise God, you can never be internally possessed. And that's important today because you got folks, again, on the charismatic fringe out there saying, nope, these Christians got demons. Remember that? Remember I showed you the video clips of those guys that they were hacking up demons, sneezing up demons, passing vapors to get rid of demons. Remember that? I wasn't making that up. But you're like, wait a second. First of all, that's not how you deal with it. Number one. Number two, as a Christian, you can't be possessed. I didn't say that God did, right? There's no way, right? 1 Corinthians 3.16. Don't you know that you yourselves, Christian, are what? You're God's temple and the what? God's spirit lives in you. You're indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. And John 14.23, Jesus replied, if anyone loves me and he will obey my teaching, and listen, my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. So put it all together, technically, when you become a born-again Christian, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, you become His temple. Do you really think He's going to scooch over and make room with the demon? No. So it's a lie from the pit of hell to say that a Christian can be demon-possessed. No, praise God, been there, done that. And as I shared with my uh, my testimony, I think that was part of the, the, the relief that I was experiencing literally the moment I got saved. Having been possessed by demons, I'm convinced, when I cried out to the, in the name of Jesus Christ to save me, instantly, bang! It just felt like the weight of the world was off. I felt like light as a feather. But I, I, I always, you know, at first, I thought, well, that's the weight of the sin of all the junk I was involved in, it, it, l- 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 being lifted off and, and forgiven. And maybe that was part of it, but I'm also convinced that's when the demons were Whoop! exiting me. And the sky was bluer, the grass was greener for the first two days. Whoa! What a radical change. But guess what? You can still be externally... Oppressed, but you cannot be internally possessed as a Christian. And But I will say this. If the people around you, or even if you're here tonight, I don't know your heart. Going to church services doesn't save you. It's a good thing, but that doesn't save you. If you're not a Christian, you better be afraid. Because not only can Satan and the demons mess with you externally but they can possess you any time they want. You're in a heap of trouble. And the only way out of that mess is to call upon the name of Jesus Christ, ask him to forgive you like the rest of us, all your sins. The Bible says you confess Jesus Christ as Lord, believe in your heart that God raised from the grave, you will be saved. And if you really do that, instantly you'll be dwelt with the spirit of God. You will be sealed, the Bible says. No demon can ever enter you again. And then, even if you experience demonic warfare, you just move forward biblically and have a great day. Why would you put that off? Let alone flirt with hell itself, and then one day join the Satan and the demons in Lake of Fire. So praise God. This is real, and as a Christian, we need to deal with it because it's in the Bible. We're supposed to study all the Bible. But guess what? Here's the good news. I don't have to be afraid. And I cannot be possessed. And if they mess with me externally, I know how to deal with it, move on, have a great day. But I'm telling you, if you're not saved, you better get saved now. This is not a game. In fact, can I tell you something? If you're resisting right now, or if thoughts are going through your head right now, laughing, mocking, scoffing at what I'm saying right now, resisting, who do you think's putting that in your head? Turn to Jesus and be set free. Amen. Well, that makes us a liar. The another Ten Commandments says that you shall not steal. Don't ever take anything without permission. How many of you guys uh, have ever done that? Well, you guys already said you're a bunch of liars. All of our hands should have went up on that one. And for being honest, God already knows. Folks, we've all taken something. We've stolen something, right? That makes us a thief. Another Ten Commandments says that you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. He's not just holy, even his name is holy. Hey, folks.